Welcome to Encompass Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us today. To share your story of what God has been doing in you and through you, take a moment to email us at amen at encompass.org.au. Enjoy today's message. You guys can grab your seats. Did you, did you tell them to stand? Oh, did you? Oh, okay. You guys can take your seats. So. How you guys doing? Good? Um, I like this front row. This is a good front row. It encourages the rest of the crew to worship. You know, last week we had a beautiful encounter night here. Who came along to the encounter night? There's plenty of people here from all our campuses. And it was such a beautiful night uh, where the presence of God was so real, so tangible. It's just good to just worship in freedom uh, and not worrying about getting people home for lunch and stuff like that. But then we had to get people home for dinner. So it was just, you know, it was just uh, always a thing. But, um, you know, it was such a, a great presence of God. And can I just say, Alyssa and I were talking and, um, you know, we, we're seeing the encounter nights as a glimpse of what our worship will look like on our Sunday mornings. And so if you're going, oh, I wonder what the worship will, will, will look like moving forward or however. And, and you know, it's, it's not, it's, it's what we can all uh, experience every Sunday morning. God is always present. He is always worthy of our praise. We can always lift our hands. And, and, and I think it's just a decision that we make, an attitude that we bring. And why not just call something an encounter night and wonder who's going to rock up and set a tone. Anyway, but it was a beautiful night together. Listen, today is the last day. Is it uh, our, is the last day you can register for a men's event? Yeah. So this Saturday we have the men's event. Who's come along to the men's event? Yeah. Lots of uh, registrations. Listen, some of the men you have not uh, registered yet, you can do that in the foyer. But can I encourage you to come along? Can I seriously encourage you to come along? You might be saying to your wife or your partner or your friend as you go home, I don't know anyone at church. This is the perfect opportunity. It is in small environments that you connect. And let me tell you something. After you connect with them, like you come in on a Sunday morning and, then, and your wife's going to go, how do you know everyone? And I'm like, well, I met them at the men's event. And uh, that's what happened. And, and I, honestly, it's a beautiful way to connect with each other. Can I say, I believe God is, wants to stir the men of the church. He wants to stir the men of the church, and I believe when you register for this event, you're saying to God, here I am. You're saying to God, hey, I want to be part of this. I want to, want to move where you want to move. I want you to speak how you want to speak in my life. And so would you just be obedient uh, to him? Would you just say, hey, am I supposed to be going on this? And go. Even ask him, right now, am I supposed to put myself out there? Last reason, though, you should really go. There was a meeting this week, and it was, there were was some women in the church talking about their women's event in October. No, no, no. It's not, like, it's not funny. I'll tell you why it's not funny. Because they said they were going to run a way better event than us. I was offended. Okay, wait, hang on. Men, 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 you can't let this happen. They said they were going to get way more people than us. And I was like, how dare you? So I just said to them, challenge accepted. The competitive side, so I hate losing. I'm just letting you know. But on a serious note, I believe that the men need to set a spiritual tone for your household, a spiritual tone for our homes. And so listen, I would encourage you, come on, firstly, competitively, say yes. But to set a spiritual tone for your house, say yes too. Anyway, no, no more, no more. Let's just... Um, 
Listen, we're going to get into the word this morning. Let's pray and let's commit this time to God. Hey, Heavenly Father, uh, we just thank you uh, for your love and your grace towards us. And God, I pray that you stir us today, that we are equipped to do more for your kingdom today, God, Lord, that we are equipped, God, Lord, to show your grace more in, in, in our lives and in other people's lives, God. Lord, would your word speak to us this morning, transform our hearts in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we don't want to leave here the same. I don't want to leave you the same. So God, do a work in us. In your name we pray. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. So we'll start off with a story and then we'll get into some teaching today. But um, Alyssa and I, we've nearly been married 10 years, okay? And and Pastor Mark always reminds me how many years I've been married for because he goes, you got married in 2014? I go, yes, sir. Anyway, so um, it's not 10 years yet. It's nearly 10 years. Anyway, and... um, what happened? What you know, who remembers their first year of marriage? Does anyone? It was only ten years ago for me. Your first year of marriage, you're not getting everything right. Does everyone? You know, it was it was a learning curve. It's a steep learning curve at times. And Alyssa and I, in our first year of marriage, we were learning ministry and church. Okay, so ministry is hard to juggle. You kind of and then and you're juggling your marriage at the same time. So ministry and marriage, and. One day, we had three services here in Bandura, and she preached her heart out, okay? And we get to the car, first year of marriage. I just want to preface this story, okay, first year of marriage. We get to the car, and she turned to me, and she said, how did I go? First year of marriage. Just keep, just keep that in your hearts as you judge me, okay? Just, just be careful. Just be careful. Who knows that there's a right and wrong answer when someone says how... It's like when your wife says, how do I look in this? There is a right and then there is a really wrong answer. You always give the right answer. So anyway, when my wife said, how did I go today? First year of marriage, just learning the ropes. I told her. Now, what I should have said... Everyone say, you should have said. See, what I should have said was, you did amazing, babe. Like, as in, you know, that second point, there was such an anointing over it. Do you know what I mean? Like, as in, that second point, I really felt the Holy Spirit move at this point. But who knows what I should have said. That's not what I did. Because it was the first year of marriage and I was learning, stop, stop it, okay? And what I, I gave some harsh, I gave some, oh, pretty, it was bad, it was, it was negative feedback. I was... Quite the critic. I told her about the, the subject she chose. I, I gave her some feedback on the subject. I gave her feedback on the style. You must, you're looking at me going, are you, are you insane? Yes, I was, and then I got saved. Anyway, um, I, I told her about the length of time. You, you know, this week I was silly enough. This is years ago, like seriously. And this week I said, babe, do you remember that time that that I gave you some feedback in your message. And before I even finished the sentence, she's like, yeah, I remember. <laughs> she started to quote some of the, she quoted lines. I, I just remembered a glimpse of it. I'm like, going, yeah, I was rude. You know, I was, I was never doing that again. She was quoting word for word lines that I said, and I was like, oh my goodness. But uh, the reason why I, I, I guess talk about this is that have you ever thought about the impact that you're having on others? Oh, have you ever thought what it's like to be on the other side of you? And today I want to talk about 
the power of the encourager. The power of encouragement, because the thing is that every time you and I connect with someone, whether that be someone close to us, whether that be someone we barely know, we either leave a positive or a negative impact in their life. We either leave a positive or a negative impact in their life. And the question I want us to reflect on today is, how do people leave your presence? After they've connected with you, with you are they leaving, you know, uplifted or are they leaving discouraged? Are they leaving encouraged or are they leaving torn down? This is what it says in 1 Thessalonians 5.11. It says, therefore, encourage one another. Everyone say encourage. Encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. Even Paul, as he writes this, he's trying to be encouraging. He's saying, you're doing it, but do it more. You know what I mean? He's going, just as you're doing it now, continue to do it. You know, um... And, and listen, I want to say this. There are three types of people that we engage with every day. Now, I'm going to describe these people. This is not a judgment on anyone. I believe that I can connect with all three, depending on the day. Um, it's just to help us identify the personalities that we engage with. I'm going to use the metaphor of a, a, a traffic light. So traffic lights have three colours. Red, yellow, and... Green. Well, we've got a smart bunch here. All right, cool. So, so here's the thing. Here are the three types of people that potentially we engage with each and every day. The red light person. The red light person, well, they always, they always zap your energy. They, they, and, and this is kind of starting on a bit of a negative tangent, but the red light people, you kind of want to avoid them because they, they drain you a little bit. They always have feedback. They always have comments. They'll leave your reviews and their critique 99.9% of the time, well, it's negative. You know what I mean? Now, some of you, there's someone coming to your mind, just don't elbow the person next to you. Let's have good drives home. Anyway, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Let's just, just do some, some speaking into this as we do it. But do not let unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Red light people. We can all be a red light person at some stage, let's be honest here, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. Let me tell you that. A red light person, they always think they're right. They always think they're right. And the scary thing about it is when you connect with a red light person, they think they brighten up your day. And who knows that you don't leave brighter, you, you, as in it kind of is quite a discouraging moment. They actually don't recognise that they're being discouraging. I found that quite surprising about a red light person. Then you have yellow light people. Everyone say yellow light. There's yellow light people, and yellow light people, they, they, the best way to describe them is that they're lukewarm. So when they enter your environment... They don't add anything or they don't take it away. Do you know what I mean? Like, as in they're kind of like a midpoint. They, they look to you when you engage with them that they're bored. But they also bore you. It's quite, a, it's quite a, like a happy medium. Like, as in, you know, the thing about these guys is, and again, I can be like this in certain environments, is that um, sometimes if they don't know where they stand in the relationship or if, they, if, if they're in a particular season of their life where they, they don't know what the meaning of life is for them at the moment, they, they're living without a purpose, they can't encourage anyone because they don't know how they're feeling about life. And so all of a sudden, how are they going to instill encouragement and build you up? So that is a yellow light person. But then you have the green light people. Everyone say green light. Green light people, well, they just bring a smile to your face just 
thinking about them. Do you know what I mean? Like, as in, they are always, they are a breath of fresh air. This person brings a spirit of abundance and possibilities. When you spend time with these people, you leave refreshed. You feel stimulated, encouraged. Green light encouragers always leave you better than they find you. After you spend time, I was having um, a coffee this last week, and after it, I was like, it was like it was just a great time with them. Do you know what I mean? It was like going, man, that was good for the soul. It was just a beautiful time together. You just have those moments. I remember there was a season in my life though that I was hanging around my high school friends, and um, I realised that I had no influence over their life. You know, you've got an old friendship group, and it's just. You keep going, this, and you don't add anything to, to their life. They don't add anything to you. And I remember, the, I remember talking to the Holy Spirit at this point and going, God, I, when I leave their presence, I want them to know that something's missing. When I leave their presence, you know what? I want them to feel encouraged and uplifted. And I remember a few years back, I made this, just this decision to say, I'm going to encourage them. I'm going to speak life. When they don't have a job, I'm going to encourage them and say, hey, you've got this. You can do this. Why don't you try this? And all of a sudden, through our conversations, they began to actually speak, you know, whether I was in the room or without, out of the room, they would be like, hey, it's, I'm so glad I spent time with you today. You know, I'm so glad you said that you've given me a lot to think about. You know, whether you relate to being a red light person, a yellow light person, a green light person, can I just say, we all have room to grow. Uh, can I tell you something? There are certain areas of my life I am a green light person. And then there are other areas of my life, don't talk to our staff at the moment, but, um, but I can be a red light person. And, and I've been really honest with them, and I know it's an area that I need to work on. There's areas of my life in friendships, I'm going, maybe I'm just a yellow. You know what I mean? But I just think that we need to take responsibility to real relationships. Don't require everyone around you to change. They require you to take responsibility for how you're functioning. It, ta- it requires you and I to take responsibility in our areas of growth to say, God, I, w- I want you to do a work in my life. And I believe we can all grow in this area. I think we should all have a desire to leave people better than we find them. We should all have a desire to encourage one another. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. You are the light of the world. You are green lights of the world. You are encouragers of the world, a town built on a hill that cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a lampstand. They let it shine so everyone else can shine, so that everyone else in the, uh, in the house um, can see. You know, the world needs more green light people. The world needs more green light people. And anyone that wants to argue with me here, I want to give you a few statistics. And they are going to be confronting, and I hope they're convicting for us, to be honest. But let me tell you a few statistics. Eight out of ten people that you and I meet every day are hurting in some way or another. They, will, they would listen down and say, I am hurting in an area of my life. One in three Australians, they feel um, lonely and isolated. Eight people every day in Australia commit suicide. That is a significant number. Like eight people every day take their lives just in Australia. 75% of these figures are men. Figures estimate 65,000 people attempt suicide every year in Australia. 
65,000 people attempt suicide in Australia every year. That is 178 attempts per day. Our world is hurting. And these statistics are true, but these statistics would suggest that our friends are hurting, that people in our church are hurting, that our families are hurting. I'm going to say something a little bit strong. Please, please don't get upset. But stop using your upbringing as an excuse for why you don't encourage. Stop using your culture as an excuse. Oh, I, I didn't grow up in that sort of culture, so I don't execute it here. Stop letting pride get in the way. And you and I, we are not disciples of our culture. We are disciples of Jesus. When you're a disciple of Jesus, what, what, we are light of the world. We are the light of the world. Let's choose to, let's make sure when people encounter us, they know that they've encountered light. Green light encourages that will build people up, that will encourage one another, that will speak life over others. Parents, husbands and wives, grandparents, sons and daughters, if you're a manager or leader of people, it is on us, whether you're a teacher or a nurse, let's be green lights to the people around us. What did God the Father say to his son just after he was baptized? Listen, Jesus didn't do one thing at this point. He was just being baptized. And what did he say? This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. He encouraged. He spoke life. Jesus didn't do anything at this point. He spoke life. He said, I love him. I am pleased with him. There's some people in the room, and you're, you're, you're saying, but, but you need to have balance. Like, like, in my team, I bring balance. You need to hear the negative. You need to meet the facts. You need to know what's going on, do you know what I mean? Like, as in, and and you, maybe you're saying, I balance out the relationship, I balance out the family, I balance out the team. Let, let, firstly, negativity is not a personality tra- trait. It's a character flaw. Why, why is it important to, to note this? Because if it's a personality trait, you say things like, oh, it's just who I am. You know, it's just my personality. But when it's a character flaw, it's something that we can address. It's something in our inner life that we actually need to connect with and work on. But let me tell you something. Is if you think you need to bring the balance, Numbers chapter 13, we see the, the story of the 12 spies. And 10 bring back a negative report and 2 bring back a positive report. And here's the thing, this is what you've got to understand, that the two that brought back the positive report, they didn't ignore the facts. And I'm not saying here, ignore the facts. The thing is, they saw giants, and they saw mountains. But they also knew a mountain mover. They also knew a giant slayer. And so for them, they're going, hey, listen, I know that the facts are real, but I have faith in the right place. I have faith in the right person. Don't deny the facts, but know where your strength comes from. So for this time that we have together, I'm going to introduce you to the the green light, the encourager of the New Testament, okay? He's found in Acts chapter 4, verse 34. We're going to look at three or four moments of Barnabas. Everyone say Barnabas. We're going to look at three or four moments of Barnabas, and there's some pros and cons. We're going to learn a little bit today, but this is what it says in Acts 4, 34. It says, there was no needy people among them. This is the early church. Those who owned land or houses would sell them and bring money to the apostles to give to those in need. Beautiful. 
For instance, there was a guy named Joseph, but the apostles nicknamed him Barnabas. Why? Well, it meant the son of encouragement. Barnabas was literally known for his encouraging spirit, literally. He lived a life that encouraged others. And today we're going to follow his life, and I believe that we're going to learn the power of an encourager. And so as we, we follow Barnabas, this is what you'll note. The first thing that you'll see he does in Acts chapter 4, verse 36, is that Barnabas acts. He takes encouragement into action. Everyone say action. Encouragement requires you and I to give something of ourselves. Green light people, as we said, they always leave um, others better than they find them. But the thing is that we have the early church here. They are just kicking off. If you've ever kicked off a church, and we did it a couple of years ago in Craigieburn, it's exciting and you're freaking out at the same time. Because you literally are wondering, is anyone going to rock up? Like, you know, here we're going, hey, we've been here for 40 years here, 70 years. It's, it's a beautiful thing. We kind of know. I'm sure, I'm sure 10 people will rock up today. But in Craigieburn, the first few weeks, we were like, is anyone going to? I remember turning to Aaron. He's on keys. And the front row, we're like going, hey. And we don't want to look behind us. Because we're going, is anyone rocking up? And I wonder if the early church was like this. They were wondering, is anyone going to give? Is anyone going to join us? Is anyone going to connect with us? But in comes Mr. Encouragement, Mr. Greenlight, Acts chapter 4, verse 36. Barnabas, he sold the field that he, that he, um, that he owned and brought the money to the apostles. He sold, the, he, he sold everything he had. Encouragement requires us to give off ourselves. Now, I'm not just saying a financial thing. Maybe we're giving our time. Maybe we're kind of sending a prayer and saying, hey, I'm just praying for you today. Maybe you're saying, hey, I want to send you a message just to encourage you. Encouragement builds the confidence in the people around you. Now, I know we know this, but it's important to know you were accelerating a vision in someone's life. You were speaking life to them. Barnabas did not sit on the sidelines saying, I'm cheering you on. Good luck. He gave off himself. He sacrificed himself. First John 3.16, we ought to give of ourselves, lay down our lives for the brothers and sisters. Barnabas shows his support through action, through sacrifice. Through his sacrifice, he said, I am with you. Through his sacrifice in the early church, he's saying, hey, I'm for you. We're going to do this together. Right now, maybe you know someone that's sick. Maybe someone that's going through a tough time. What does, what does encouragement look like in action? Well, it, it might mean cooking them a meal. It might, in action, it's going, hey, I'm, ju I'm just going to be sending you, sending you a meal. I just want to give you a chop out today and, and just make sure that you know we're thinking of you and I'm encouraging you today. Maybe someone just bought a house. And again, it doesn't mean you buy them a big, like overwhelming present of any sort, but it might just be going, hey, I'm so happy for you. Here are some flowers or here's something. I'm just thinking of you. I'm going to be praying over your move. I might help you out in your move. You know, these days, most of us would know someone that's starting a business at the moment. You know, maybe you've started a business or you've put yourself out there in some way. You know when you feel the silence? of people. You know, you don't get the, I'm so excited for you that you're doing it. It's kind of like this silent treatment. Can I say, if you're a silent party, the people that are putting themselves out there right now, they can feel your discouragement. They feel it, and it actually feels disapproving. Yeah. 
in real relationships. Can I tell you something? We should be supportive. We should be giving of each other. If someone started a business, you should be the first person to buy their product. You should be reposting. You should be helping them out. Because why? Because we're in real relationships. And in real relationships, we support one another. We give of ourselves. I want to acknowledge uh, Fred as a party uh, here. Would you stand just really quick? Would you put your hands together for Frederick as a party? We are not clapping. You can sit back down. We're not clapping because he's a Tigers supporter. Um, we will not hold that against them. Uh, we will also won't talk about the football today. Um, I don't even know who Essendon are anymore. But anyway, red light, red light. Sorry, I'm so sorry. Green, green, green. They're going to be good next year. But Fred as a party each week gives one hour of his time to a local uh, schoolboy in, in primary school. And, you know, he spends time with this young man, speaks life over him, encourages him, is a consistent man in this, uh, in, in this young man's life. And it is such a beautiful thing. As in, when we get the reports, we see that, um, that this young boy, it's, it's like they're, they're friendly. Like today, um, this guy called me his friend. And these guys don't have many young, uh, older men in their lives, but Fred gives off his time and says, I am putting encouragement in action. I'm going to put myself out there, and I'm going to say, hey, I am here for you, and I am supporting you. Alyssa and I, we are so grateful for the people that have given their time. You know, in the first fight, we're six weeks in, and um, we can report to John and Lois. It's all good. Nothing's falling apart. Uh, That's not falling down. We're good. But in the first six or seven weeks, we had people coming up to us going, hey, I'm going to be, you know, going in late to work, and I, and I want to be a part of your staff. I want to be part of the room in the meetings where you're talking to people. I'm giving of my time because I just want to be close. I want to see what's going on on the inside. I want to hear your heart first. Can I tell you, as a leader, that is so encouraging. Yeah. Can I tell you, as a person that's, that's kind of going, we, we're working it out as we go. It's such a beautiful thing. We are walking taller because of the encouragement that we've received from others. Barnabas, encouraged by action. I pray for us that we say, Holy Spirit, would you bring people to our hearts? They're closer than you think, you know. The people that need encouragement are closer than you think. They're not like down the street and the random on the road. They're potentially in your household, and they need to be encouraged. Holy Spirit, would you give us creative ways to encourage others? Barnabas didn't just encourage through action. He encouraged through words, and we know this. Be a nice person, encourage others, you know, do the right thing. But this is what he said, encouragement speaks, Acts 11, 22 to 24. The news about them reached the ears of the church at Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas off to Antioch. Let me tell you something. If you're an encourager, a fruit of encouragement is trust. You see, they sent Barnabas off. On, On the back note of this passage of Scripture, Um, Jerusalem sent him back to Antioch with finances of the church. You want to know why you may not have trust or credibility? Maybe you should try encouragement. A fruit of encouragement is trust. Anyway, side note, we'll put that aside. Then when he arrived uh, at Antioch um, and witnessed the grace of God, he rejoiced and began to encourage them all with a resolute heart. 
to remain true to the Lord, for he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and considerable numbers joined them. You know, um, encouragement here, the word used is to exhort. It's to, to, to make the people move forward. It's to say we are cheer, literally, we are cheering you on. This is no longer action. These are now words. These are now words of affirmation, words of encouragement. You know, red light words, well, we just know they're damaging, right? Yellow light words, they're just a little bit unhelpful. But green light words, they give you courage. They literally give you courage. And that's what Barnabas did here. He gave them courage. This is what it says in Proverbs 12, 25. Anxiety weighs down the heart. But a kind word. Everyone say a kind word. A kind word cheers it up. It cheers up the heart. If you had to take an account for your words, how many would land in a green light column? Oh, I don't want to know. Today I was a bit better, but, you know, and again, it's, this is just bringing awareness, right? We need to be aware. We need to be accountable. We need to understand there's weight to our words. A negative word, especially delivered by an authority figure, can be extremely destructive. But on the other hand, a positive word can help someone walk taller into their future. I think I've shared this story before, but I think it's worth sharing, but... Um, Ten years old, I'm in Sunbury at a checkout station. My dad's with me, and I don't know if he remembers this, but anyway, um, this checkout lady, don't know her name, I can't remember her face, but I'm wearing this black baseball cap on my head, and I'm just, I'm just buying, my dad's buying stuff. I'm, just, I'm an innocent bystander, and out of nowhere, she turns to me, I can't remember her face, can't remember her name, but this is the word she says. She goes, my, what mighty big ears you have. <laughs> I'm not intimidated by this because my wife told me I have perfectly fine ears. <laughs> but I do feel like going like this at the moment and making sure that you don't see it anymore. Because like, are they? <laughs> They're not. <laughs> 25 years later, and this guy can remember that. And maybe that's an insight to me, but I believe there's a lot of words in your life. And this is why, whether you're a school teacher, and, and, and I remember some of my school, and, and the positive things that they said over my life, whether you're a parent, an uncle, this is why I say in every sphere of our lives, we need to really account for our words. We really need to know what we're saying and why we're saying it. To the mother or father, your kids do not need your critique and assessment. They need to know that you love them, that you believe in them, that you're proud of them. They don't need to do anything, but you're still proud of them. To the husband and wives, I felt the Holy Spirit very strongly say this to me this week. To the husbands and wives, I want to, let me say this clearly, you are not competing with your husband and you're not competing with your wife. There is no competition. When two became one, now you're just competing with yourself. You were supposed to be their greatest cheerleader. Husbands, you were supposed to be cheering your wives on and wives should be cheering on your husbands. They should know that they are in your corner. They should not have to second guess it. Don't be the red light guy in the car that gives the feedback that he'll never forget. Let's be green light husbands. Let's be green light wives. Let's be green light sons 
and daughters, friend or colleague, stop thinking about yourselves in conversations and begin to listen to what people are really saying. Look for insight. Pray for insight as you're speaking to someone to say, how can I encourage them? The world does not need your red lights. The world does not even need your yellow lights. They need encouragement. Some of you are saying, though, but but who's going to tell them? Someone needs to tell them. Well, firstly, one, trust the Holy Spirit in their life. You do not need to humble anyone. The Holy Spirit will do that. He, He does a great job all on his own. There's a high chance that that person already knows the negative. They just don't feel safe with you to discuss it. So if you want to build a safe environment, well, build an environment of trust or encouragement. And then all of a sudden, you've got the credibility to actually have that conversation. And finally, a gentle question is always better than a harsh critique. A gentle question is always better than, I can't believe you did that. What if we just position ourselves and go, hey, could you give us some thinking of, of what was behind that decision? You know, like, as in all of a sudden, the gentleness of a question is so much better than that harsh moment with that person. Green light people encouraged through action and words. We're going to close. We're doing good for time. So worship team, just hold your horses and I'll invite you. I'll, if I cough twice, then come up. You know, laughter is a great encourager too. But anyway, moving on. Encouragement. uh, Encourage through action. Encourage through words. Encouragement plays out through seeing and believing. Encouragement sees and believes. Green light people see the potential that's in someone. And they see the best in people. Acts chapter 9, verse 20. It's very quiet in here. Is everyone okay? Okay, just checking. Okay, cool. No need to yell. Just calm down. Acts 9, 26, this is what it says. When Saul arrived in Jerusalem, he tried to meet with the believers. He tried to meet with the church, but they were all afraid of him. See, Saul had an encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus. So they tried to meet with him, but they did not believe that he had truly changed. Everyone say then. No, no, say it like you mean it. Then. Then. Then Barnabas came along. So here we have, let me just explain what's taking place here. Saul was persecuting the church. He was a part of Stephen's murder in some way, but all of a sudden the believers that he connected with, they did not want to bar of him. I wonder though, how many prodigal sons and daughters come through our doors and we actually ignore them and avoid them because of their past. Because then Barnabas comes along and brings him to the disciples. Do you know... Barnabas comes along and says he's changed. Barnabas sees the best in Saul. He doesn't hold his past against him. The early church, the believers held, they rejected Paul because of his past. I wonder how many people are rejected by us because we're going, let's just give them a bit more time till we know they've really changed. Oh, you know, I see that they've come back, but I heard they made a lot of mistakes. Encouragers don't hold people's pasts against them. I feel I got to talk to a parent this morning and I got to say, hey, you keep bringing up your son or daughter's mistakes. Stop it. Release them from it. Let it go. Move on and begin to speak life. Begin to encourage. Begin to build them up. 
the church needs more Barnabases. Then Barnabas brought him to the apostles, told them that God had moved in his life. He also said that I heard him preach, or I, I know that he's preached the name of Jesus boldly. If we were all Barnabases, I wonder what that would mean for us. It would mean that we believe that the grace of God can move in anyone's life. It's not selective. It's for anyone and everyone. Barnabas could see the grace of God in Paul's life. He vouched for him. He lent Saul his credibility, and he brought him to the disciples. Encouragers don't hold people to their past. It's interesting to note that Saul, or Paul now, could not do the same for another disciple. He experienced grace. But in Acts chapter 15, I want us to read this just really briefly. Saul could not grant this grace. It says, some time later, Paul said to Barnabas, hey, let's go out and visit the, the believers in the town where we preach the word of the Lord and see how they're going. Barnabas wanted to take John, who was also called Mark. But Paul did not think it was a wise decision. Everyone say wise decision. He didn't think it was a great idea because what happened was Mark deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in the work. Paul held Mark to his mistakes. They had such a sharp disagreement, it says, that they parted company. Barnabas took Mark and sailed for Cyprus while Paul and Silas went the other way. You know, Paul couldn't let go of Mark's past. But yet we have Barnabas, the encourager, wanted to give him a second, a third, and a fourth chance. He wanted to keep giving him, he saw the best. He didn't hold him to his past and his mistakes. And, and, and all of a sudden he wanted to encourage him. Can I just say, clearly the Holy Spirit was working in these circumstances. Can I tell you, wisdom is required in these moments. I'm not going to ignore what Paul said here. Wisdom is required. There are consequences for actions. When trust is broken, when trust is weakened, let's be honest here, trust needs to be rebuilt. Trust needs to be gained back. A person needs to take responsibility for what they've done. So this is not permission here for foolish decision-making. But it doesn't mean that you punish people. It doesn't mean that you withhold encouragement because of their past mistakes. They're not going to get out of the rut that they're in if you just keep reminding them of it. They need encouragement. They need to be lifted up. They need to know that you still value them. They need to know that you still believe in them. They need to know that you still see something over their life. Don't let a generation situation be an excuse for why you don't encourage. Don't, be a, don't let there be a culture situation that gets in the way of you showing encouragement to the people around you. This is what I've seen over the years, and I can invite the worship team up now. I just remembered. Thanks, Vince. Um, but um, this, is what I, this is what I recall, is that people have enough capacity to carry shame and guilt all on their own. Let me say that again. Your friends and family, your brothers and sisters... The people that you're very close to away from, they have enough capacity on their own to carry their own shame and guilt. They don't need your help. They don't need us to remind them. I'll never forget, I was um, catching up with someone, and um, it had been about six to nine months since I'd seen them 
uh, properly to have a conversation. And at the start of the year, it was pretty obvious, it was pretty clear that they, they had made some mistakes. You know, they, 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 they clearly had got a few things wrong in their life. And what happens is when someone makes a mistake, what do they do? They, they begin to disconnect themselves. They begin to isolate themselves. Shame and guilt will always try to separate you from others, separate you from real community, real relationships. And I'll never forget six months later, nine months later, I'm talking to this person and it was like this, this friction in the room. There was like an elephant in the room and they were so awkward. It was, it was like they were saying to me, are you going to say something? Are you going to bring it up? And in my head, I don't even remember. Like, I was like, I don't, I'm, I'm moving on. I'm not here. And literally, it was like the Holy Spirit said to me, you need to stop this conversation and tell them it's okay. You need to tell them that you're not going to hold them to their past. You need to tell them that you've changed, everyone's changed, and, and there's grace here. And I remember having this conversation, and I realized, and I said to him, hey, you know we're not going to hold you to your mistakes, right? We know, you know that we're not going to keep you here. We still see something over your life. We still see the hand of God over you. There is a place here. Let me tell you something. It is in an environment of grace. It is in a house of grace where people can change, where people won't be held back by their past, by the people or themselves. And they'll say, I'm coming as I am. I'm coming into the presence of God and I am accepted just as I am. The encourager sees the potential. Barnabas saw the potential in Saul. I can't imagine Barnabas knew that Saul was going to write, you know, over half of the New Testament. But he saw something. Aren't you glad someone saw potential in you? I, I, honestly, aren't you glad that someone believed in you? And you might forget about that job interview all those years ago because now you've had the job for 20 years. And that job interview didn't go very well, but in the end they saw your potential. They saw who you could be. Aren't you glad that a teacher, a parent, a grandparent, someone in your life saw your potential and continued to encourage you, continued to stir you up, to build you up? Husbands and wives, I, I said to Alyssa, Can I say, I, I'm so glad Alyssa saw my potential. Some of you go, no, I was, I was a catch. But seriously, we are seeing something that isn't there yet. I love who you are right now, but I see, I see the man or the woman that you can be. Aren't you glad that God sees your potential? And that's why you and I need to see the potential in others. This is why we need to live a green light life, a life of encouragement, that we will be the light of the world. Just quote this line with me. Everyone say, I'm the light of the world. Will you choose to receive that this morning? Could you bow your heads? Why don't we pray? Today, I just want to give everyone in this room an opportunity to give their life to Jesus. And maybe you've walked in with shame and guilt, and you said, it's, it's just not going to happen. I, 
I just can't imagine a God like that accepting me, a God of love and grace accepting me just as I am. Let me tell you something. No matter how much shame and guilt you have, He sees your potential. When He died on the cross, He gave His life for you. He rose again and is alive today. And He did it because He sees your potential. He loves you so much. And He has a future planned for you. And this morning, all you have to do is confess with your mouth. Believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord. That He's alive today. And say, I don't want to live the life that I've been living that is leading to sin, more sin, destruction and death. I want to point my life. I want to make a decision to make Him Lord and Saviour that will lead to heaven, eternity, life and victory. This morning, if you want to make a decision to follow Jesus, if you want to say, I want to leave my life of sin and I want to walk in victory, if you want to say, I want to change my my direction. I want to leave death and receive eternal life this morning. If that is you today, with every eye closed, with every head bowed, would you just lift your hand right now and say, I want to give my life to Jesus. Yes, I see that hand. Anyone else here in this room? Anyone else? Yep, I see that hand. to pray in this room right now. If you're a prayer warrior, Holy Spirit, would you begin to move? Let the Holy Spirit lead you to this decision. Not a man's voice, but let God awaken in you to say, it is time to come home. It is time to receive forgiveness and walk with me. As one family, could we just pray together? Would you repeat after me? Lord, this day, I'm a sinner in need of a Saviour. Thank you for giving your life for me, for paying for my sin. I believe you're alive today. Come live in me. Guide my steps from this day forth. Amen. Come on, can we put our hands together for a few hands that went up? I genuinely say this this morning. It would be a privilege and honour to walk with you on this journey. And so if you want to connect with one of our team or someone in the foyer, uh, we would love to connect with you. Um, how do you respond to a message like this? Well, I want to start where we finish and ask you the question, what is the impact you want to have with the people in your life? How will people leave your presence? Let's leave people better than we find them. Would you stand to your feet? Would you close your eyes wherever you are? If you feel comfortable, I'm just going to pray over you this morning, but if you feel comfortable, would you just lift both hands? You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand to shine bright, to light the room up, to light the house up. So Lord God, I just pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus, that anything that is holding us back in our lives of a life of encouragement, Lord, I pray right now that it will be broken. 
Lord, pride will be broken. Culture will be broken and we'll inherit Your love. You'll, we'll inherit Your grace, God, and we'll begin to flow in Your grace. Lord, help us to be bold. Help us to be courageous in our words. Help us to be bold. Help us to be courageous in our actions. Help us to live a life of encouragement that will see people's potential, that will shine Your light in our community, in our church, and in our city. So God, I pray for an empowerment to take place. Empower us through Your Holy Spirit. Guide us through Your Holy Spirit. In Your name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Encompass Church. If today's message has impacted you and you want to give your life to Jesus, if you need prayer or if you want to get connected to the church, please contact us at office at encompass.org.au. Never miss a moment by following us online. Search for Encompass Church on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram.